You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rao Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more. She seems just fine to me. No more. She should have been more careful. No more. We don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good day. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first. Very honored that you joined us tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, man. Man, what's crack-a-lackin', baby? What's crack-a-lackin'? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. The wave of bomb attacks on churches and luxury hotels in Sri Lanka on this Easter Sunday caused panic and confusion. Emotions running high there as relatives of the injured argue with police. Hundreds of people were injured in the attacks and at least 190 now reported dead. Worshippers were targeted as they celebrated Easter. Pictures from St. Sebastian's Church near the capital of Colombo show a scene of devastation with a shattered roof and blood on the pews. Several foreigners among the casualties. The BBC's Ambarasan Etarajan reports on the apparently coordinated attacks. The timing on the targets were clearly chosen with the aim of causing the maximum possible damage. The churches were packed for Easter services and it's a busy holiday season for Sri Lanka. A church in the Tamil-dominated city of Patikalova was among those targeted. A doctor there told the BBC that 27 people had died and some of the injured were in a critical condition. There were explosions in upmarket hotels in Colombo as well. The number of dead is likely to increase. The Sri Lankan president, Maitripala Sirisena, said he was shocked by the explosions and appealed for calm. Around 7% of the Sri Lankan population are Christians. There were eight explosions and so far there has been no claim of responsibility, but Sri Lanka's state minister for defense, Ron Wujawardna, says everything possible is being done to find those behind the attacks. We have now decided to impose an island-wide curfew. 
until these things settle down. We will, as the government, we will take all necessary action against any extremist group that is operating in our country. Right now, the CID, the police, and the three forces are doing all the investigations. President Trump now among the world leaders condemning the explosions on Twitter. He offered condolences and said the U.S. stands ready to help. The Federal Reserve has held interest rates steady since December, but that's not appeasing the Fed's critic-in-chief. Steve Becker reports that President Trump continues to press for the Fed to cut rates to spur faster economic growth. After raising rates four times last year, most Fed officials expect to leave them unchanged this year. But with growth slowing from 3 to nearer 2 percent, Trump wants Chairman Jerome Powell and his fellow policymakers to cut rates. He tweeted recently the economy would be stronger, quote, if the Fed had done its job properly. Adding pressure, Trump has said he plans to name campaign advisor Stephen Moore and former GOP presidential candidate Herman Cain to the Fed Board of Governors. Four Republican senators have said they won't approve Cain. But blasting what he called the Fed's professor standard, the former businessman says the Fed needs some new voices. For NPR News, I'm Steve Beckman. And you're listening to NPR News. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Coming up next on the serious side. Several of President Trump's staunchest supporters in Congress are coming to his defense after the release of the special counsel's report. Senate Judiciary Chairman Lindsey Graham told the state, a Columbia, South Carolina newspaper, that he's not interested in calling Robert Mueller to testify. Graham said, quote, he's done his job and I'm not going to retry the case. Several reacted on Twitter, including Republican Mark Meadows, a member of the House Oversight Committee. He tweeted, reminder, today when you hear people seizing on the idea that Mueller didn't prove innocence, remember that was never Mueller's job. Prosecutors do not set out to prove a negative. They look for evidence to establish a case. They didn't have one. It was never there. It's over. The president seems to have a big issue with this. Of course, we first learned about this from Jim Comey, who takes notes after he has meetings with, had took notes after he had meetings with Donald Trump. Yesterday, the president tweeting about all these note-taking people around him. Trump doesn't want his wrongdoing documented. That's why he doesn't send emails. We know, and we all heard with our own ears, the undercover recording that Michael Cohen made of, of Donald Trump talking about paying off, you know, Playmates and, and porn stars. He, well, I, I, I think we all ought to, we owe a debt of gratitude to uh, Bob Mueller for his good work. Uh, he undertook it, uh, you know, on assignment. Uh, we all knew he was a professional. He acted professionally the entire time. There are very few leaks that came out of uh, this investigation, and I think he did his job. And I think we're all heartened uh, by the uh, report that says that there was no. Uh, collusion with Russia and no attempt to collaborate there, um, or at least no successful attempt. On the obstruction side, it's a little murkier, and and while the report certainly doesn't uh, suggest that the president is criminally culpable, it it, uh, doesn't do much to recommend him in terms of what he undertook 
to try to, to attempt, uh, or at least to attempt to influence the investigation. Fortunately, there were people around him who wouldn't let him. So the what is now abundantly clear. The what is that Attorney General William Barr, and the source close to the uh, Attorney General told me, he, I, said, I said, why is he doing all this? And this was around the, the policy announcement mm-hmm. um, where, around asylum, where he basically backed a policy of indefinite jail time for asylum seekers. I said, what's, what's the why? What's he getting out of it? He said he's deeply invested in Donald Trump's success. And I thought, well, you know, a normal president, we would all be deeply invested in his success. This was an investigation at its core about Donald Trump's daily, sometimes hourly, assault on the rule of law in this country. As the country's chief executive, he sat in his pajamas watching Fox and Friends maligning the FBI, maligning Robert Mueller, maligning Rod Rosenstein. So the, you, Bill Barr didn't walk into that room with the scale at zero. Rule of law w- w- had a deficit because Donald Trump had been kicking it in the teeth for 22 months. And what the country's attorney general did was walk in there and back up the guy doing the kicking. So the question for me now turns to why? Welcome to the serious side of the Jay Ryle Show with Mrs. Vanessa Maybell, Mr. Jerome Esprit, the official texter of the show, Mr. Johnny D, and Mr. Elias. Now here is your host, Jay Ryle. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is April 21st, 2019. Happy Easter, happy Passover, happy Resurrection Day for all of you all who actually practice. And uh, welcome to the serious side. I'm Jay Ryle. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your holiday Sunday with us. Glad that you're here. We have a lot to get into. Uh, let me introduce you to the very best in the business. First up, uh, he is the man. I call this brother the educated brother. When I see him, I like I have to sit up a little bit because I'm thinking, my goodness, this guy takes it to a standard that we all should try to adhere to. Let's say good morning to the one and only Mr. Johnny D. Hey, man, happy Resurrection Day to you, brother. How are you? Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, and likewise, a happy resurrection day to you. Uh, again, this is a wonderful day, a blessed day, a historic and holy day, and certain prayers go out to those uh, in Sri Lanka uh, who have suffered under the scope and, and the guise of Christianity, and, and really for all religions that, that oftentimes get uh, oppressed and um uh, disemboweled by other religions uh, for the sake of their freedom. So, again, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me and and the team into your homes, and uh, God bless all. Absolutely well said, my brother. The man who gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the man who really runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L.E.S. Good morning, sir. How are you? And happy resurrection to you as well. Have a happy resurrection day to you as well. Good morning, sir. Good morning, good morning, John, and happy Resurrection Day to everyone. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. All right. My big sister in the house, I'm pretty sure she had to do some last-minute Easter egg coloring, so let's bring her in. My big sis, Vanessa Mayville, for the Macchinelli. Happy Resurrection Day to you, my dear. How are you? Good morning. Told you. Let me apologize for being late. I'm on the late. Uh, I had to get up and try to make some coffee oh. the old-fashioned way. Oh, so wow. I'm sorry. Well, Good thanks. morning and happy Easter. Thank you. Uh, Good morning. Good morning to you as well. Yeah, I'm on the yeah, mic. Trying to rub it in. 
trying to rub it in that you're living a glamorous <laughs> life. That's okay. We all can accept that. Not a problem. Thank you so much. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the call-in number. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. A new chat room uh, apparently is out there. This is our first time being on this space uh, since they've made this change. It looks foreign, according to what Mr. Elias is saying. So if you are in the chat room, do us a favor, send us a message so we can see how it works. Uh, but it is open. Uh, it looks like people have the ability to conversate maybe. I'm not sure if that's the case. I'm not sure how you get to it. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, hey, listen, all about trying to improve technology to allow people to be able to, you know, conversate back and forth during the uh, – Duration of the show And of course uh, Prayers out to uh, Miss Kathleen Williams Hopefully she'll be back soon And our The smartest man in the world Mr. Jerome Esprit Who brings us On a weekly basis On a need to know basis um, Will be here After his commitment With Clear Channel Radio And of course We will hear from our Director of Social Media Outreach Miss Jackie uh, Later on in the show The number is 347 Before we get started I want to set a very special prayer out to my niece. Looks like she may have emergency surgery this morning, waiting to get word on what's happening with her. Uh, but as soon as I find out, I uh, will definitely let you guys know. And if I have to step out of here just a little early, I hope you guys can pardon me. Uh, like they say on uh, MS, on uh, ESPN, pardon the interruption if I have to step out of here. All right, look, the Mueller, the Mueller report was released this past week. Uh, and I t- actually was released a couple of weeks ago. Now, when it was first released, uh, the public did not have exposure to it because uh, Attorney Ger- General William Barr felt that he had to summarize in four pages or less saying that the president was not guilty of collusion. They all ran a victory lap, and everybody was happy. Well, pressure, uh, pressure that was put on the AG's office, the decision was made, okay, look, I need to release the whole report. And even though we were like, okay, it's going to be a redacted report, it's not going to be anything, it's just going to be a bunch of black pages, surprisingly, uh, a lot of information was released this past week. Uh, enough information to have the president hopping mad, to have White House aides saying, oh, my God, I've been exposed for being a rat, a snitch, or whatever, and you know how Donald Trump is when people are not loyal to him. So now the question becomes, what happens next? Elizabeth Warren has come out and said, look, we need to, the Congress needs to initiate impeachment proceedings because the bottom line is it's, an obvious, it's obvious that this guy tried to uh, interfere with the investigation of Russia. And it's been amazing talking to people throughout the week, especially folks who support Trump and their justification for what the report says. It's amazing. So let's start right there. Ms. Delias, were you surprised at the amount of information that was released from William Barr, because he stood up before he released the report and gave this ridiculous press conference, which makes, should make everyone in America cringe. The attorney general is supposed to be neutral. He's supposed to be just like the uh, Supreme Court, right? There's no allegiance to a president. This guy has made it known that he is a footstool for Donald Trump. And it was embarrassing, and if you are an American, you should be really, really concerned that the attorney general is in the president's back pocket. That being said, Mr. Elias, were you surprised, uh, about, uh, surprised about the, the amount of information that was released uh, this week by uh, the attorney general, William Barr? Uh, Jay, I was a little bit more shocked that uh, Congress didn't get an unredacted version. 
of the report. That's what I was a little bit. How so? Why would you be about. shocked? Come on, man. Why, Why would you be shocked about that? that? Yeah. Because, you know, some in any other case, in any other place, they would have got an unredacted version. They would have. Not here. Okay. No. Congress Congress got exactly what we got. They never, you know, <laughs> I just think it's ridiculous, man. It was, un- they should, they should have gave Congress an unredacted version and we they could we could have made it a, a, they Congress could have made an assessment from there, you know. But was I surprised at what he gave? Yeah, a little bit, but not much. I just I I think this guy well, he needs to step down. I do. Anytime you come out and have a press, and if Trump says and and the AG is going to have a press conference, what? Huh? When, when does that happen? You know. But hey. If, if we really want to take it there, why don't they? And, 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 and Lindsey Graham, hypocritical ass, talking about he don't want to oh take it any God. further. Well, how far did they take? Ben, how long did they take Benghazi? How long did they take Benghazi? How many, oh, they still how want to do investigations on Benghazi. How many, they still how, want to do investigations on Benghazi. Huh? Well, I'm sorry. I say and they still want to do investigations on Benghazi. Uh, yeah, I, Lindsey Graham, man. Once again, Lindsey Graham, these guys act as if television was invented, you know, three days ago. I mean, they go back and play exactly what they go back and play what Lindsey Graham said about Bill Clinton. What makes this yeah. situation? This situation is worse. And this yeah. hypocritical rat, you know, they act like it's can't amazing, go back and get yeah, Vanessa, exactly. They act as if, once again, that, you know, they didn't have television cameras or they had no they have no access to right. this information to go back and play what these hypocrites said, you know, back in the day. But it's like it's so blatant, Vanessa, that they don't care. Mitch McConnell, they played uh, a uh, clip from him when he was talking about President Obama. Oh, the president dies. It's abusing his executive powers. And then you fast forward to 2018, and all the president has every right to. He's the president. And these guys are hypocrites. But that's what I say to you. Vanessa, I know you're in the lake and all. Vanessa. All right. While she gets her situation together. Johnny. Oh, Vanessa, okay. Vanessa, are you with us or I'm, I'm you sorry. Well, I'm, sorry. All right. I'm here. I'm here and Okay, I'm all right. I was here. asking your opinion. What's your opinion? Yeah, what's your opinion on the fact that these guys they can do a before and after. You can see a much younger Lindsey Graham with not that much gray in his hair, railing about how President Clinton has lied under oath and that all this other nonsense, but then you can fast forward to a recent more gray-haired uh, Lindsey Graham talking about the you know we're done with this and we should move on. These guys are ridiculous. What well, say can, you, Vanessa? Well, can I backtrack to Good morning, Les. How are you? Peter? Good morning, Nessa. Oh my God. Let's go back to the <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Vanessa. Let's all right, Vanessa. Well, let's, let's this guy comes. I haven't even introduced him yet. Well, I've lost all control of the show. Go ahead, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> Les said he doesn't understand why they didn't get an unredacted version. Well, Les, for all kinds of information, and the the Democrats 
think of that short black man, real, 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 real old, who walked with Martin Luther King. He said that they have not gotten one piece of paper of anything that they have requested from that White House. So he said not one piece of paper. So if you think that they won't give one piece of paper for just some simple stuff, you think that without subpoenaing an unredacted version that that band named Barr, who Trump brought in now so that we wouldn't get an unredacted version of, of Jump Street was going to pass out one? No. They're going to make it as difficult as they can to get anything that we want or they want because it will drag on into 2020. It's going to take a long time, and Trump's going to be studying running for office going, no collusion, no coercion, no whatever. I mean, so, no. They're not going to give us squat without a subpoena. And then even with the subpoena, they say it's going to go all the way up to the high court. And as far as Paul and Lindsey Graham them, with the three faces of them, you know, everything that they said about Obama couldn't do this and Obama couldn't do that, now Trump is doing it. Trump is doing it. Oh, no, so, Trump's doing much what? worse. He's, he, he's doing much yeah. worse than anything they, that President Obama is like You can't go back and pull a video up of what they said right. 10 years ago. And that's right. That's true. That's true. Lindsey Graham looks You're right about insane. It. Yeah, he, he looks like a hypocrite. He yeah, he looks crazy. Yeah, well, he doesn't care. And, and you know, and that leads, that's a perfect segue into a question I have for you, Johnny D, before we bring in the smartest man in the world. You heard him. He's here. We'll bring him in. I want to get Johnny's response real quick. Jo- Johnny, uh, you know, we talk about, we accuse the Republicans of playing politics, right? But, I mean, listen, we can say the same thing about Democrats, right? I mean, come on. The, the, the information is there. The, the, the evidence is there. They, they are playing politics, so how can we sit here and say to the Republicans, all the Republicans are play, playing politics to protect their president? Well, can't we say the same thing about Democrats, Johnny? Because Democrats are worried about trying to win the next election. Is this a case where they're saying, listen, you know, we, they can win the battle, but we need to win the war. We're playing the long game, not the short game. So the bottom line is, is that, yeah, maybe we should be doing something. Maybe we're going to head, we want to go ahead and ignore uh, that this guy has violated every freaking piece of, every article of the Constitution. But we just need to win office first. Once we win office, we can deal with it at that time. Can't we say the same thing about Democrats? They're playing politics with this thing. We can. But let, let's, let's be clear about this. Uh, this is the most unethical and moral administration that has ever served uh, the American people in that capacity. Both the Republicans and the Democrats and the Libertarians and the Independents, all of them have one thing in common, their self-serving desire to be elected. Now, from time and time again, we have all indicated that uh, our public servants need to do more. But also, as the constituents, what we have to understand is that we have a, a strong sense of, of electorability, and we've got the power of the vote. But oftentimes what happens is that we allow these politicians to come into our communities, our neighborhoods, and promise us the world, and then we don't hold them accountable. Now, William Barr, 
clearly, as we started the discussion, he allowed the Mueller report, the redacted part of the Mueller report, to come out simply because he really had no choice. Because the more that he tries to withhold, the more opportunity it is for the, the, the Democratic Party and all of those individuals who really care about the, the ethical boundaries and the scope of, of the office of the president. All of those individuals would have probably cried, cried and, and, and championed for the Judiciary Committee to come out and, and, and subpoena uh, Robert Mueller. Now, of course, when you subpoena Robert Mueller, now you get the unredacted, unfiltered. So I think he was, once again, Jay, as you said, trying to play the long game, trying to get out ahead of it and say, you know what, if, if I can fluff the American people and give them this here with the redactions in it, but those who study constitutional law, those who have had an opportunity to see the Mueller report, still come back and indicate on at least 10 occasions, 10 occasions, that this unethical individual who sits in Washington tried to interfere with the federal judiciary process. And that right there is criminal in and of itself. So the Lindsey Grahams of the world, um, it's, it's a sad testimony that, you know, in 2015 and 2016, you know, how direct in opposition he was towards Donald Trump and even coming alongside of John McCain. And then, of course, when John McCain started uh, having some health issues and then later on expired, it was like Lindsey Graham just simply just went to the other side of the track. Um, but once again, he's a politician. And for the life of me, I wish that we would all all get to the point where we start exercising our rights and demand that our elected officials do something about this wannabe Don Corleone. This guy is a, a, a criminal. He is unethical. He is immoral. But yet, that's the American value system at this point in time. And that's the sad thing about it, you know, is the fact that, that we are being identified by a criminal. And we're allowing it to happen simply because we're not exercising all of our rights and liberties. Uh, we still allow the, the Lindsey Grahams to serve. There should be an outcry for the, from the people in South Carolina who may or may not be Republican, even though they are a strong red state. The reality of it is, is that you got enough financial capital in some of those universities and things of those natures right there to make this guy at least walk walk the line. Now he's not the only one. There's several other ones, and we just need to hold him accountable. Well, you heard his voice earlier in the conversation when Vanessa was talking, but he is here, the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree from the SpreeRadio.net, and the man who brings us on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis. Happy Resurrection Day to you, Jerome. Let me get your thoughts on uh, what's happening with the Mueller report. Politics are being played at the highest level. And I guess my question to you, because you're a strategist, so I definitely always want to pick your brain when I have those types of questions. So here's a strategic uh, question that a strategist would probably think of, or maybe I just want to get your opinion on this. Can the Democrats overplay their hand on this if they start talking impeachment too soon? How does Nancy Pelosi... uh, Maintain or contain or move forward Now that this information is public And hopefully if the Democrats can subpoena Robert Mueller which that's what they're trying to do And get this report more information is going to be In the public's, public's atmosphere so Can they overplay their hand With talking impeachment 
at this stage? Uh, no. But, you know, as a wow. political matter, it is the cowardness of the Democrats. Like, um, they wanted to appease oh. President Obama over having a tan suit. Like, they, they're like, that shows he's a Muslim. Like, they would have they would have went the gamut on the Republican side. This is a whole nother case. And the problem with the Democrats are, like, the Democrats are conservative, right? So you look at someone like, um, you know, Nancy, uh, I forgot her name that fast. Uh, um, Hello? Hello? Nancy Pelosi, although I forget her name. Pelosi. You, you look at somebody like Nancy wow. Pelosi and Schumer yeah. and all of those guys. Like, the issue with them, and, uh, you know, the, the problem with the Democratic Party is it, you have to remember, or we have to remember, especially as minorities, as black folks, because I, um, you know, had this conversation. Someone called me and kind of asked me to do a little assessment on what was going on. And I'd like to mm-hmm. remind people that... What happened during Abe Lincoln time, right? So you look at the new Republican Party was liberal, wanted minorities, equality kind of stuff, to some degree, not not all the way. And then the Democrats were like the conservative people, very strict, you know, McCarthyism stuff. That was like Democratic people at some point, right? And then the liberal people became conservative. And so all of the conservatives ran their butt from the conservative side, masked their stuff as liberals until the Republican Party became what it is today. The Democratic Party is going to switch back to be conservative in races like the Republican Party is. See, it's a a pendulum swing. So if you look at even the most liberal um, um, white folks that are in the Democratic Party and you watch those guys go, well, we don't want to offend the people to make them feel sorry for Trump. I say, if you feel sorry for Trump, something is wrong with you. Because you can't talk about grabbing people by the crotch and break all of these laws, do what you're doing, and they're still worried about overplaying a hand for people to feel sorry for them without, without understanding that all their argument as a strategist, if one of those guys called me right now, their argument against this is that we got elected to uphold the Constitution. So we have a constitutional duty. When you have... Now, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't come in on the early part of the show. And I was going to save this for our new segment at the end. But I can tell you, just just from some points that were made in that, and I don't know if you guys read a lot. I mean, it's, it's a lot of reading, but, I mean, in its details. If you look at what Mueller said in this report, Mueller is saying... That there was no, um, and he didn't. He says on page two, we applied the framework of conspiracy law, not the concept of collusion. So as I watch all of the news organizations go back and say, yeah, you know, those guys said there was no collusion. He only said that in there to let people know that there was no such thing as collusion. And what happened? He said. You know, when people say he didn't have enough evidence, it says, I cannot establish a di- directly um, between uh, a link between the troll farms of the Russians in the campaign, right? Because they were lying, because witnesses were not in the country, because of deletion of um, information, 
or encryption of information in witness lines, which means they were tampering with his investigation so he could not convict them. They were, he says in there that they were witness tampering. So then, then part two, or, or the second part of this, was about a witness tampering, or not witness tampering, but was about them impeding the investigation, right? Right. He says it in part one that he could not establish a direct link because they deleted crucial information, the, inf- the witnesses were out of the country, and they had the witnesses were lying, and they had encrypted information. So, I, and I know I just repeated that, but I'm saying that because that tells you that they were guilty of obstruction. So, I, I know everybody's not attorneys, but he wrote in there that they obstructed justice. And people are mad that he didn't say right. they, they obstructed justice. But he wrote it right there. Yeah. I'm sure everybody on this program exactly. can hear that in that description that I just said. And it is a, it amazes yeah. me. It amazes me that people are on TV talking about, can the Democrats overplay their hand? They better be careful here. Nancy Pelosi says we need to slow down. He already outlined it. And, you know, what he also said in there, I, I, just to give you some points, because I don't know, I'm sorry, again, if I'm repeating this. But he said um, only immunity Trump has is doing the investigate um, doing the investigation um, that lasts as long as he's president. It says it in this report, which means and he ordered them to maintain the information, which means they kind of sealed it like in the Smithsonian, so that when he gets out of office, that they review the information, which means there are charges. Against him, but it says it in there, right? And also, he said the president's efforts to invest to influence the investigation were mostly unsuccessful, which means some of them were um, successful. He said, but yeah, uh, um, that is largely because the persons who surrounded him declined to carry out his orders or uh, accede to his request. This is on volume two. Yeah. Page 158. So who he was talking about was if if the people who did not, who was there to influence that he made requests to, are Don McGahn, mm. right, <clears throat> Jim Comey, Corey Lewandowski, um, Rick Dearborn, Dan Coates, Rob Porter, Jeff Sessions, Chris Christie, mm. Rob Rosenstein, Jeff, James Clapper, and Katie McFarland. Yeah. That is a witness list that he laid out for Congress to say that he obstructed. Because if you call somebody, now, okay, I'll I'll put this in a really simple way. If you go to um, to list, like say there's a police thing, and and you're driving your car and a hooker walks up, and somebody says, hey, you want to go party? And you're like, party? How much? Right? Um, Whatever, and the police will go, hey, we got you because you were soliciting, right? In the president's case, he solicited their cooperation to do something illegal, and they're scared to charge him. But they would arrest me for even entertaining somebody who approached me. 
You understand? Yeah, that's a good point that you bring up there, Jerome. I, I mean, I'm saying, and that's the thing. That's the thing I love about sometimes. We, sometimes we get so high, but if sometimes we bring it down, well, people can relate. And, and so, to me, that example is a great example of how this all works and how there's two faces to justice. So I tell you what, man, great stuff. We're going to continue the conversation. It is Easter Sunday. It is April 21st. It is the serious side, and we're talking about the Mueller report through, through, and through. But you know what time it is if you watch, if you listen to the show, I should say. It's time for this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, something that you need to know. Now, we talk about drugs. Everybody knows that we have drug problems in the USA. We have people who are in jail uh, because they got arrested with a little bit of drugs on them. President Obama went through, and he uh, pardoned a lot of these people, but some of these people found themselves back in prison because they just didn't, you know, they couldn't accept, uh, they couldn't get their lives together. But, but here's the question, and the bigger question is, are prisons the right place for people who are in this predicament? All right, it's something that we definitely need to talk about, so it's time for this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, Something That You Need to Know. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. Happy Easter. We'll talk to you on the other side. Among those asking Massachusetts to change its civil commitment practices is Robin Wallace of Cape Cod. She went to court in 2017 to ask a judge to involuntarily commit her then 33-year-old son, Sean, because of his heroin use. His behavior was erratic. I think that he had some mental health issues that were worsened by his use. The judge agreed that Sean's substance use was dangerous and ordered him committed to up to 90 days of residential treatment. In court, Sean told his mother he was being sent to a program where he would be locked up and not allowed to continue taking his addiction medication, methadone. I thought that he misunderstood what the judge had said because I couldn't conceive that there would be an opiate treatment program that did not provide medication-assisted treatment. Turns out, Sean was right. Although many providers say medication is the gold standard in addiction treatment, Sean was sent to a program in a state prison that does not provide it. When we spoke with Sean in 2017, shortly after he spent about a month committed, he said the conditions were inhumane and he was often placed in segregation or the hole. And remember, he had not committed any crime. I was punished for not eating. That's how I ended up in the hole. If you refuse your tray, they consider it a behavioral issue. I didn't know that. I'm just sick. Sean also said he was having trouble adjusting. I just feel different. I have a lot more anxiety. I feel scared. I feel like I'm going to wake up and be back there. Less than a year after that interview, Sean killed himself. Robin Wallace says after his civil commitment, Sean could no longer hold a job. He ended up in psychiatric hospitals and then was jailed on a charge of trying to break into a house. Robin Wallace believes that being locked up for addiction treatment contributed to Sean's suicide. I think that his trauma was very much triggered by him being in the cell and that he just felt like he couldn't take it anymore. The sheriff wouldn't comment, but jail documents confirm that Sean tried to take his life there. He later died of his injuries. Sean's longtime partner, Heather McDermott, says he was never the same after his civil commitment. He was like a big, sad, depressed tumor that I was trying to bring back to life. We had a home. We both had like, it's like, I can't even believe we got here. And then he died. 
the Massachusetts Department of Correction wouldn't go on tape for this story, but emailed a statement saying that its mission is to promote public safety by providing a secure treatment environment. And many families believe that a locked setting is needed. Denise Bohan says families are desperate and can't rationalize with a loved one who's in the throes of addiction. She believes involuntary commitment saved her 33-year-old son. This is a last resort. It's not something you do, like, just in a whim. This is really a desperate act of trying to save your child's life. There's so much demand for forced treatment in Massachusetts that 100 more beds opened in another jail last year. So this here is our Section 35 civil committee, quote-unquote, wing. Hamden County Sheriff Nick Kochi says many traditional treatment centers aren't willing to take patients who don't want to be there. And with a declining inmate population, there's room. This is a very dangerous, acute, sick, and I would say not so well-behaved population. Many states are going down the same road as Massachusetts, but some researchers, like Leo Bolesky of Northeastern University, say more families are choosing to have loved ones locked up because it's the only way to get immediate treatment. Limiting someone's civil rights should be the last resort and should be only reserved for those cases that are truly dire. The Massachusetts law may change. A class action lawsuit is charging gender discrimination because the state stopped sending involuntarily committed women to prisons in 2016 after a different lawsuit. For NPR News, I'm Deborah Becker in Boston. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. He sat in his pajamas watching Fox and Friends maligning the FBI, maligning Robert Mueller, maligning Rod Rosenstein. So the, you, Bill Barr didn't walk into that room with the scale at zero. Rule of law was, was, had a deficit because Donald Trump had been kicking it in the teeth for 22 months. And what the country's attorney general did was walk in there and back up the guy doing the kicking. So the question for me now turns to why? Why? Welcome back in. 347 That was MSNBC's Michelle uh, uh, Wallace uh, saying that, uh, talking about what happened with uh, uh, what's going on with Donald Trump and some of the things that he's doing. Uh, you know, Nicole, I'm sorry, I said Nicole Wallace. Nicole, Nicole Wallace. Well, let's, 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 let's move on to the next thing. Go ahead. Uh, well, we're going to talk about the same thing, but go ahead. Uh, okay. Finish your talk. No, I, I just want to say that the example that I gave, because what I keep thinking is that when you go to work tomorrow or go back into the community for your argument, I, I would like you to have an example of this. And I know I did the um, soliciting of, uh, of, of hookers kind of thing as an example but what i wanted to say in when i finished was um prostitution is locally is local or state crimes and Mueller probably didn't have a statute for statute for prosecuting somebody for soliciting prostitution right so what Mueller is saying and the way they farmed out all 10 or 11 cases it was 12 to different um states for trump he's saying that he could not 
find a stature because, and he says it in the report, because of their policy to not prosecute a sitting president. It's just a memo. It's not even a law. So what happens is that the Democrats have to get the unredacted version because apparently Mueller um, stuck all of that stuff out there. And doing the Mueller, while the Mueller team was was processing all of this stuff, they brought in FBI agents who were not um, on the Mueller's team. And he put in this, um, in the unredacted version or in the redacted version, um, kind of a roadmap to tell them where the evidence was. So even if they got rid of him because he feared being fired, and there's evidence in here that he talked about that with Don McGahn. I'll talk about this in the news if you guys haven't talked about this. But he, um, he put evidence in there for them to look. So what it is, stop being scared, Democrats, and understand that he put a roadmap in them in there to prosecute, and you already know Donald Trump is unnamed conspirator in a case that's already in New York, which means there was an underlying crime that he's already being indicted for, that he's an unnamed co-conspirator, un- unindicted co-conspirator in the money laundering side of campaign finance in the Southern District of New York. So if somebody looked at this and said, oh, Mueller did not prosecute him, he named him in an indictment already that's in the Southern District that came out of his report. So I wanted to say that because people say if that was true, Mueller would arrest him. You can't solicit. And so once they ask the Russians to provide them information, you are soliciting information no matter how they got it whether they they stole it or somebody gave it to them, they solicited to do something illegal. And it's just like soliciting right. prostitution. They can get prosecuted on a state level. Absolutely. All right, now, you know, uh, speaking of which, and you know what, I'm glad you brought that up. And, Charlie, I want to ask you a question. Before I say that, I want to read a statement that uh, has just been released by Senator Mitt Romney from Utah. He says, I am sickened at the extent of the pervasiveness of dishonesty and misdirection by individuals in the highest office of the land, including the president. Reading the report is a sobering revelation of how far we have strayed from the aspirations, the aspirations and the principles of the founders. You know, what I'm starting to get into, and, and, and I want to ask this question to you, and I want to swing it around because I'm interested if everyone is conflicted with where I am now. Mr. Elias, probably not, uh, but I am. <laughs> What's interesting to me is that, and I was reading something that Kavina wrote in the chat room, how Trump supporters, it really doesn't matter what he does. They're going to support this guy until the freaking earth explodes, if that happens first. I mean, it's unbelievable how people can read and look at the reports and come away saying, ah, you know, the bottom line is uh, it was collusion. That, that's the deal. It was collusion. Let, let me, if, you, if you are an investigator and you're trying to find out that you have a bank, let me go back to the bank analogy, right? So you have a bank and you notice that, you know, the window at, at uh, bank, window number two always comes up short. You're trying to investigate to determine, well, why the heck is it coming up short all the time? During your investigation, you find out, oh, the reason why window two was coming up short was because the money was falling behind the, the, the drawer and nobody could find it. Meanwhile, during your investigation, you really found out that, you know, window number six is the one that's really got the, part, the problem here because 
the fact that window number six was a part of the original scope. Ah, uh, well, you, you said window two, not window six. The bottom line is somebody's stealing money from the bank. And it's the same thing with this guy, Johnny D. This guy is breaking every law and principle that this country stands for. And I am finding it very hard at this point, very, very, very hard to continue to associate myself with people who support this president. Because you're falling into one of three categories. Either you don't know, which is a damn shame. Either you don't care, which is really a damn shame. Or third, you don't really give a damn. And the bottom line is you're going to support him anyway, which is to me just ridiculous. So my question to you, Johnny, and you can take it anywhere you want. Can you, can, is it possible for you to continue to associate and break bread with people who support this man. Because I'm at a point now where I'm thinking maybe I need to get you, maybe I need to disassociate myself with you. Because politics are heated discussions. That's why most HR manuals don't allow you to discuss politics or religion at work. It's usually a no-no because people are, you know, ingrained. People are in their camps. But this, Johnny, is at a whole different level. So, do you find yourself struggling with that possibility? Quite honestly, Jay, no, I don't. Uh, because, again, we are in a in an era that's unprecedented. Uh, again, I don't think in the chronicles of American history will you ever see a blatant disregard for the rule of the law and any ethical or moral boundaries that has been evaded and eroded as we are in current times. Now, I'll start with with Mitt Romney. I think Mitt Romney is a person who is just simply trying to throw out feelings. Mitt Romney's policies are similar to Donald Trump. Mitt Romney also understands that he is one of the – he may be the only senator that is in a Republican – uh, state or red state that voted that voted against Donald Trump. So he has a, a base up under his uh, current uh, constituents where he may be able to navigate the waters without a lot of rebuttal. But Mitt Romney uh, again is, is no different. You know, if you recall Mitt Romney uh, when he thought that the microphones wasn't on and he talked about this, he'll never get this 41% of, of the of the vote. So what 41% was he talking about? You know, so now move forward to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is blatant because he understands that 33 to 37% of the American voters is going to support him. Why? As I've said time and time again, I think it's more about being anti-President Obama, which means you all elected President Obama, so in spite of, in spite of, I'm going to go with this guy right here. Now, it just so happened that he's a Caucasian male, but the truth of the matter is I think that it is anti the Obama administration, so it doesn't matter what he does. He clearly stated that. You know, you've got a group of individuals who are going to support him uh, to the very end. And I think that, too, is what fears the rest of the politicians. 
the Lindsey Grahams, the Nancy Pelosi's, all of these individuals are so enamored by offending these 33 to 37% of the of, of the voting base that Donald Trump is able to do exactly what he chooses to do. So I'm not surprised by it. I'm not dismayed by it. I'm, I'm you know, it is a sign of the time that we're having to deal with, and it's just so blatant to where sometimes it's, it's amusing. Uh, and when I say that, I, I don't say that in, in a sense of chuckle, chuckle, ha, ha, you know, tap my belly type of amusement. I'm just saying that you just almost have to say, wow, and you can't make this stuff up that he's doing. You can't make the stuff up that he's allowed to do. You can't make the tolerance and the excuses that people give. I mean, even even individuals who are rational persons give this gentleman the autonomy to simply identify and say, okay, well, that's just who he is. Doesn't matter if he's right or wrong. We excuse him for the foolishness by saying that's just who he is. And then, of course, what that does, it just kind of softens to some all the degrees of, 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 of ethical, moral, legal, judicial, and presidential boundaries that he erodes every single day. But, again, uh, going back to Mitt Romney and those comments that he's made, I think he is just simply boundary testing. I think he wants to throw out enough of the negative to keep you know, his state and his base uh, firmly cemented under him. But at the same time, he's testing to see, okay, is this a guy that I can launch a, 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 a challenge at the Republican primary? So, you know, he's, he once again, he, he's, he's being a politician as well. But if you look at his policies, his policies are similar to Donald Trump. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that. And, you, you, and that may be the facts. Uh, but I know that there are a lot of Republicans. Uh, prominent prominent Republicans who have left the party because of this man. I mean, I can, you know, we talked about Nicole Wallace. You know, she's no longer part of the Republican Party. Uh, you know, Joe Scarborough, he's no longer the part of the Republican Party. There's just a host of, you know, Representative former Representative Jolly. He's gone from the party. So a lot of people say, I just can't do it. You know, President George H.W. Bush, he voted for Hillary Clinton. You know, so the bottom line yeah, is that there are Republicans – True Americans who are saying, I can't deal with this man. I got to roll. I got to get out of here. But, 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 Jay, think about this right here. They're doing it as they exit, which means that they're, they're afraid that, okay, if I challenge him, I'm going to lose my political leverage. If you really was, was, right. was tired of, of what he's doing, then listen to all of the names, that roll call that you just listed. And it's been a long list of them. You know, and, and you can even look at one as, as – Equally is, is hypocritical and, and look at Paul Ryan I mean so you've you lost a lot of Those Those Republican strongholds Who could have sat back and said You know what let's do it in the chambers Let's do it in the house let's do it in the senate Let's do it on the floor of the senate let's get rid of Mitch McConnell But no what they did They took the easy way out and they exited So to me They're just as guilty as Donald Trump Because they had a voice On the floor so they took what was convenient to say, you know what, I'm going to take my goodwill. I'm not going to bash him. I'm going to still use my political prowess. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll make an article as I depart or I'll say a statement as I depart. But the reality of it is that they never took, took the challenge to the floor of the House or to the floor of the Senate. 
So, in my opinion, they're just as guilty. They ran from the fight. Well, that's a good point. That's, that's a good point. You look at Jeff Flake, you look at Senator Conker, those are guys who didn't seek re-election, and, you know, they were really out there saying what they had to say. I think that's what make, makes Mitch, Mitt Romney's statement a little bit more uh, intriguing because, like you were saying, you know, those people were on the way out. He just stepped in. But, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think you're saying there are some political admirations for him, and so maybe he's doing this strategically. I, I think that there's a core that there are some people. You know, President Obama said this, Vanessa, how there are people in the Republican Party we just don't disagree. So that don't mean that they're bad Americans. I mean, hell, uh, 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 Bonner, uh, the, the guy that was the, the House, the Speaker of the House before. Uh, that took over after Nancy Pelosi and before Ryan got, you know, retrieved the, grout, the, the gavel. He was a guy that was talking about suing President Obama for using executive for using his executive powers. But yet still, you know, uh, he was there on that video with the president, you know, doing that last uh, uh, the, the couch that commander the couch commander video that they did. So there are people on the other side that we may disagree with, but at the end of the day. Uh, you know, they're saying this guy is unworthy and unfit for office. So, you know, and like President Obama said, you know, our democracy, we need to have a two-party democracy for checks and balances. That way, you're not, it just can't be all one-sided. It has to be a balance. And that's what makes this country work. What say you, Vanessa? Okay, Vanessa's um, out and about. So she's at the lake. She said that at the drop. show. So that's probably the reason why. Yeah, that's probably the reason why she's. Uh, yeah, I'm looking at her here, though. She just dropped. You're right. All right, uh, let me roll it around with you, Ms. Elias. Uh, same question, man. I mean, is it a situation where we're looking at, you know, there are people on the other side that, uh, that may disagree policy wise, but, you know, I, I don't question. Their patriotism, like you know, John McCain when he confronted that woman that was played so much, that's been played so much here recently. How you know, hey, he says, look, President, you know, Senator Obama at the time, look, he's just he's a great American, great family, great man. We just disagree on policy. He's not a Muslim. He's not a terrorist. We could we could we could disagree. You and I disagree all the time, but I, you know, I love you to death. But the bottom line is, you know, we can't sit here and say that these people on the other side, at least some of them are not Americans because they disagree from a policy standpoint, can we? Well, Jay, you know what, man? I, I have to agree with John. John put it so eloquently, man, when he said that these people are not speaking out when, they, when it's time to speak out. Man, look, speak out. If you disagree with what this man is doing, don't worry about getting back off. You've got your millions of dollars. You're going to be set for life. You're going to have a pension. You've got health care for the rest of your life. Why are you still robbing the American public? Look, man. But, no, I agree you with you, Mr. Elias. But, 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 Mr. Elias, real quick, before you finish your statement, the people that I named, you know, Nicole Wallace is not in office. You know, Joe Scarborough's not. These are prominent Republicans who, you know, were really, you know, kind of giving President Obama the business. Joe Scarborough wrote a, a piece a month ago saying, my God, I was crazy. You know, if I could bring this man back, I would go campaign for him. This was a, a staunch Republican. George H.W. Bush... You know, he was a retired president. So I agree on Flake and Cocker, Cocker, whatever you say his name. But the other ones that are speaking out, these people are not in office. They're, they're, they're prominent, pers- uh, you know, 
TV personalities <laughs> who are saying, look, man, we just cannot stand back and watch this nonsense. We have to speak they out. Have, they have I'm sorry, Mr. Kelly, I'm interrupting. Go ahead. They didn't have nothing to say against Bush with, with the war in Iraq. They didn't have nothing to say against Stan, did they? Well, some of them, well, come on, but, but Daddy Bush is not going to talk about his son. And and uh, Joe Scarborough no, actually I'm did say that about, the war was a mistake. And who are you talking about? Oh, yeah, but at the time, was he saying it was a mistake? Or did they go with it? Well, of course when not. When it was time I mean, to go with yeah, it. Yeah, but uh, of course Okay, not. no. You know, no. So, I mean, look, man, look. If, if you can go back in time and change your life, would you? Yes, you would. So at the time, you thought the world was a good thing. Look, man, these people need to stay. You see that this man is raping and pillaging and robbing the country. So now you're speaking out. Hell, that's been happening all along. Look at, hell, look at what, uh, what's that clown's name? The Halliburton, uh, the vice president. He was raping the country, robbing it during that last Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. Cheney. What was, was the outrage Cheney. I seen? What was the outrage I seen? This stuff has been going on for years. So they should have been speaking out for years. They should have been. If you see something wrong, that's what they tell you in public. If you see something wrong, go out and speak up against it. But half these people will not. They won't say a damn word about it. But, They'll sit back on their laws and say, Elias. oh, well. But that's the Mr. Elias. But see, to me, that's policy debate, right? I mean, that's policy debate. If they believe in that stuff, then they're going to stand up for it. You believe in the democratic values, you're going to stand up for it. If you're a Republican, you're going to uh, agree to, you know, you know, limited government and government and you know, no abortions. That's just that's policy. But you're well, talking about see, this guy who is actually see. stealing. What? Yes, Dick, Dick Cheney wasn't stealing. He didn't get rich off Halliburton. Well, well, okay, he's okay. He's an exception to the rule. He was a freaking clown. But, not, but, but my, my overall point is, and, and it looks like Vanessa is. You know, Vanessa, I promise you, we've been trying to come to you, but every time we come to you, we we don't get anything. Hopefully, you're stable and we can get a comment from you on this. We're talking about, you know, uh, Republicans. Okay, all right, Republicans who are on the other side of the aisle who are coming out and saying, look, you know what, this guy. It's ridiculous. And I read a statement from Mitt Romney saying that, what you know, bottom line is what we're seeing is coming from the Oval Office. It's just, just it's, it's reprehensible. And, the bottom, and we need to do something about it. So, you know, I guess my, my question for you is, is a very simple one. Do you find yourself, because of what's happening, and this is what I started to set off with, saying, look, I'm looking at my friends, people that I associate with, who are Trump supporters or who voted for this guy, I'm finding it very difficult to continue to have that association based on what I know. Do you find yourself in that situation with friends who may support Trump? Hey, you know what? Maybe I should cut you off because at this, what's happening right now is beyond anything we've ever seen in this nation's history. What say you? I'm not going to cut friends off, black or white, because of Huh. It now it makes me wonder about you. Um, it, it, it makes me especially wonder about the black people who vote for Trump. But most of them say it's because they thought that he was rich and that he could help them financially get up on their feet. But now that everybody's 401k plans look like crap on their profit sharing, uh, so I saw that particular person last weekend at a class reunion function, and he couldn't do nothing but laugh and smile and give me a hug. 
because he knew he was stupid for voting for Trump because he was trying to get his retirement plan up. So we didn't even have to speak. All we did was laugh, give each other a hug, because I knew what he was thinking and he knew what I was thinking. Other people that vote for Trump or have Trump tags on their car or whatever, I'm not going to stop being your friend. I'm not going to stop talking to you. I'm just going to look at you with a different view to watch my back because it lets me know that you have to have some kind of racism or something wrong in order to support someone that is so racist and so <laughs> crooked like Nixon. Speak the truth, Vanessa. Speak the truth, so Vanessa. It's not, I'm, I'm not going to stop being your friend. I'm not going to stop speaking to you or whatever because that's just like religion. I'm not going to be mad at you because you're a Catholic. I'm not going to be mad at you because you're an atheist. That's between you and when you close your eyes. So it's the same thing to me with religion. That's why people say don't mix religion and government. Don't mix it in a relationship. So, you know, hey, sometimes I love Jerome. I love you, Jerome. But sometimes I think Jerome is just a strong pro-black person, and he ain't going to give the white man a break at all. So, But I still love Jerome. I still text him. I still mess with him on Facebook. So I can separate the two because that's just what you think and what I think might be something different because of where I am in my life. But wait a minute, Vanessa. I mean, but if Jerome, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to that. But, Vanessa, my point is, is that when you know that this guy is doing what he's doing, I mean, this goes beyond policy. We, you know, I've said this before. The bottom line is, look, you and I could disagree on policy. That's okay. But when you are a murderer and a thief and you are a person <laughs> that is just unworthy to walk this planet, then I can't be your friend. Now, Trump's not a murderer, per se. What? But if you are Wait a minute, thief, Jay. Wait, Jay. Jay. What? What? Hold on. Did what? you just say that if you are a murderer or a thief and you shouldn't walk this earth, that, uh, who, Jay, I love you. Who are you to say that these people shouldn't walk this earth? Now, you go to church. You know better than that. That's not for us. Well, but hold on now. Hold on, Vanessa. Vanessa, that, Vanessa, that is a that is figure of speech. I'm not talking about them dying. What I'm saying is, is that there are people on the face of this planet right now that, you know, if, if, if there was an ability for you to say, okay, do they deserve to be here? Probably not. There are people that are creating so much. How many times have you heard people say, my God, man, this person that was died, he was a great person. Then you have this riffraff running around here that shouldn't be here. It's just a figure of speech. I'm not saying who needs to right. stay and who oh, okay. needs to go. My okay. point is, my point to this thing is, is this, is that you have this man in the most powerful office on, in the world, and decisions that he makes, people die. You know, we've already had two deaths right. at the southern border, probably more than that, because of some mess, that, because of policies that he put in place. He is unfit to be president of the United States. And for a person Absolutely. who's supposed to be a sound mind and judgment that will follow this guy and support this guy knowing these things, I have to question who you are. We may disagree on policy. But my goodness, like most of these prominent Republicans, Jerome, who have walked away from the party, you know, I've read so many articles from people who ran against President Obama, who were a part of his opposition's um, uh, campaign, who have wrote op-ads saying, my God, had I known what was coming down the pike, man, this guy looks like the greatest president we've ever had. I didn't know it when I was fighting him, but now that I know how bad it can actually get, you know, I'm, I'm on his team, and I've read at least three articles from prominent Republicans who have come out and said this, like, my Lord, how but do, I, how do, I, how do I miss President Obama? Say what? 
But those same so people are being two-faced and three-faced. Vanessa, Vanessa, you can't say that. Jane, Vanessa, if you are, if Jane, it's your uh, pop, Vanessa, if Vanessa, if you Jane. like chocolate and I like uh, 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 vanilla ice cream, I'm not too faced because I don't like what you like. But if, but listen, you are more than a good person. I just don't agree with the way you see things. Jay, you didn't let me. But if you are a person, go, okay, Jane, go ahead. We have to go to break. I'm sorry, I'm not even keeping my eye on the clock. Okay, but finish you your thought. Then we got to go to break. Then we'll hear from Jerome. Okay. Go ahead. My go sentence ahead. was. Those same people that wish that they did not vote Trump in office are the exact same people that do not stand up and vote against or even say anything out loud. And if it is, it's not enough of them because he's getting away with murder. So all I'm saying is these people are voting party, (laughs) not morals. Thank you. Thank you. Now you can go to break. All right, right, there you go. Vanessa says go to break. We're going to break. All right, on the other side, the whole show is dedicated to the Mueller report, so we'll continue the conversation on the other side. You listen to the serious side on a beautiful Sunday, beautiful Easter Sunday. Happy Resurrection Day. Happy Easter to those who are out there. We'll be right back after this. Don't go nowhere.
doesn't want his wrongdoing documented. That's why he doesn't send emails. We know, and we all heard with our own ears, the undercover recording that Michael Cohen made of, of Donald Trump talking about paying off, you know, playmates and, and porn stars. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. It is Easter Sunday. Happy Passover. Uh, happy Resurrection Day for those of y'all who celebrate uh, Christ is risen, and uh, you know, listen, I'm a Christian, I'm not ashamed to tell you about it. Let's say good morning to our panelists, let's say good morning to the very lovely Miss Vanessa Maybelli and the McAnelli, living that life, living that glamorous life out there overlooking the, the, the lake. And uh, good morning, Vanessa, how you doing? Good morning, I'm gonna see you in a few minutes, and you know I am. Good morning, everybody, happy Easter. Morning. <laughs> Let's say good morning to uh, the educated brother himself, the educated rapper, the one and only Johnny D. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well, and I just want to tell Miss Vanessa to pick up the mic because she just dropped the mic on the other tail end of the uh, of the show. Oh man, don't encourage her because she she knows she be preaching on a Sunday morning. Go ahead on. <laughs> the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree's in the house. What's up, Jerome? How you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. How you doing? And since we're talking about Vanessa today, I'm going to have a little problem with Vanessa about thinking that I'm hard on white folks. <laughs> as hard as white folks are. <laughs> yeah. Or white folks. Like, I think you can do hard on them. Like, That's okay. <laughs> Come on, Vanessa, in comparison, I seriously. Okay, thank you, honey. Uh, I received it. That's why the number love. And the man who gets the <laughs> number love for you, baby. All right, and the man who gets the first and last word, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Happy Easter, sir. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Happy Easter to everyone. Still is. Can we say hello to the people in our new chat room? It's pretty spiffy looking. I only have... Uh, the Covina man who just left for his bike ride and the coach uh, yep. over right, so that's you. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know it's how hey convenient man is in this and of course Bobo Bryce in there too. All right. Yeah. The usual yeah. suspects are checking us out. Happy Easter to the pastor. That you have a full day today. Uh Mariana Music, how many Easter eggs will you find today? What's up, Trish? What's going on, Maria? How you doing? Pete's in the house, Petey Witty. Oh, pretty Ricky. That's what they call me. Here in the house, what's going on, man? I actually know you, man. I, I didn't realize that until you sent me a, a picture and some video. So what's going on? Going on to Jimmy, what's going on to Rob? Everybody's in the house. We appreciate you so much. Just also introduce our uh, director of social media outreach, the one and only Jackie. Jackie, what's going on? Happy Easter to you. I promise you, Jackie's here. Right, she's here. I promise you. All right, Jackie. Jackie's here when she gets her mic together. What a show. All right, listen, uh, if you can't Hello? be in contact, you're not here. Oh, yeah, Jackie. Yeah, we can hear you now, oh. Jackie. Good morning. Oh, oh, oh okay, because I was talking that, and that, you like, maybe she was like, okay. Maybe too hard at the Club Nouveau show. You know how Jackie gets uh, down. She <laughs> likes to party. She <laughs> likes to party. Yeah, uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I'm a, I'm about a really it. Right, I'm a really, uh, go ahead. No, no, you what? No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you go ahead. Tell people how they say get in contact with the show when the show's not live. If you want to keep up with the TJRS radio network, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And all three pages have the same ending handle. Facebook.com slash groups. Twitter.com, Instagram.com, slash T-J-R-S Radio. Keep up with us. All right, Jackie, tell people what you have going on. Thoughts, the vision, the new chapter. If you would like to check out the blog, or if you'd like to use me for your next event as a motivational speaker, or if you'd like to purchase some of my vision, body, soap, and scrubs. There's one place and one place only for you to do that, and that's what I like to call my one-stop shop. Check out my website, www.jackieapp.com. Check it out. All right. You can also follow the... I'm not going to say the show is gone. I'm going to say the show is in remission. The Jay Rowell Show, you can go on Instagram and follow that show as well. I keep it updated. You can follow the life of yours truly, Mr. J. Rowell. Uh, it is 10-18, 18 minutes after the hour, depending on where you live. It's the serious side. It's on the Easter Sunday, and we appreciate you spending a portion of your Sunday here. We're talking about the Mueller Report, uh, serious side style. And as we continue the conversation, you know, one of the big news stories that's going to happen next week, and I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about it here, is that Joe Biden uh, is, uh, it looks like he's going to announce this week that he's running for president. Now, I don't know if, has anyone, has Joe Biden said anything about the Mueller report, Mr. Elias? I haven't seen anything uh, out there. I has he made an official yet, statement on it? I've not seen anything yet. You know, Jerome said something interesting, and I want to get your comment on this, Jerome. You said something interesting earlier in the show when you talked about how, you know, Democrats need to be, they need to move forward. Don't, you know, stop, get out of this whole thing of, and, 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 you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, which I know you will. Uh, get out of this whole thing of 
you know, wondering whether or not you should talk about impeachment on the campaign trail. Yeah. And, you know, and I, and I guess, you know, once again, if there you know, Trump, if there's 33 one of the things I noticed yesterday was they were talking to a lot of voters in different areas. And almost every voter that they spoke with, Jerome, they said, basically, the voters said, look, okay, it's time for us to move on. I'm concerned about me. I'm not concerned about this guy, Donald Trump. Because contrary to popular belief, Donald Trump and his cronies knew what they were doing when William Barr wrote that first four-page report saying there was no collusion. They wanted to put that out there in the atmosphere. So no matter anything anyone else says after the fact, sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. They're not even listening to that because the first official word from anyone who was associated with this was there was no collusion. And so I heard a lot of voters that they spoke to on both sides of the aisle saying, hey, let's move on. We're tired of dealing with this. Let's get to the issues. So do you think as a, so if you were a strategist for, uh, you know, Joe Biden, I mean, how would you, uh, how would you uh, consult with him as far as, how should he move forward at this point? How much of the impeachment talk or the Mueller report should be a part of his campaign speech, his stump speech, if you were advising him? Well, he, okay, well, he needs to address it. I mean, he cannot not address it. And he can't just appeal, you know, what politicians have a tendency of doing is, on the Democratic side, is they always appeal to people who don't like them, Right. We, we sometimes, well, I'm not a Democrat, but we we sometimes as a culture, just kind of as human beings, always crave things that we don't have. And so with politicians, they're constantly saying, yeah, we got them in the bag. Let's go after other constituents. And so Joe Biden coming in there is still that talk back to white working class rural people, Ohio, Michigan. That's all you got to do. And that is just damn stupid, Right. And they're not paying me, so I'm not giving anybody advice like how to run this. But the truth is that the reason that they're losing, again, Hillary beat Trump by 3 million votes. Most of the votes that she lost that made her lose the races was because people didn't like her. But our assessments are falling back on really old paradigms of white folks thinking. And I know at the risk of, of my girl Vanessa shutting me in a minute. I'm just joking, Vanessa. <laughs> but you're talking about doing a real assessment of what's going on. What happens is that if you look at what happened to Stacey Abrams and you look what happened last year in our voting, she did not appeal to that, but she got more white people to vote for her than um, Democrats have done in a statewide race in a, de- in a generation. Stacey Abrams did that. And when she was going, she said, I'm appealing to rural white folks who don't like me. Forget them. We need to get our people out to vote who agree with what I'm doing. She didn't appeal to that, but bringing Joe Biden back in it, we always keep saying, hearing that, go out to Scranton, go into working, whatever, go into Midwest, Biden's going to do good there. I would tell those guys, and I would tell anybody who's running, that they better look at this world for what it is and stop playing by 1930s rules. Because even as we watch stuff on TV and watch all of these guys, talk about this Mueller report and how this is going to affect the election, what they're doing is they're using old standards, and they're saying, hey, if the economy is good, he's going to win. So the, the, the news is creating a narrative which is making people think that that narrative is true, and it only works if you believe that stuff. 
So, but it doesn't work on the ground because the Democrats swept, swept in a lot of areas by saying we're going to hold these unethical, immoral, crazy people accountable. And they won. And now it's time to hold them accountable. And they're like, well, we better watch out for 2020. You need to do your job now. Because the only way you can lose is if you ignore what's going on now, waiting for your paycheck tomorrow. You know, it's that old saying or that, that joke that um, you're waiting in the you're, you're, you're waiting in the ocean and a boat comes past and you're like, that's not too big, that's not too big, and you die and go to God and say, how come you didn't save me? He said, I sent, a, I sent some boats, right? You can't pick which boat comes along. And you have to deal with the world as it exists in, the, in that moment. So people like Maxine Waters are saying, I told you impeachment's but a long time ago, and all of those guys, people think that they're wrong. But the way the Democrats started sweeping across the board in Republican areas is because Republicans aren't stupid. They know that they're immoral and unethical. You have to appeal to people's common sense. So I can say that to all of the candidates, instead of going backwards and acting like, Everything's equal. Equal. It's like stealing somebody's car and then asking them for gas money. It is not equal when you have my car. They need to have a different uh, strategy. Johnny, do you agree with that? Do you agree with that, Johnny? Um, you agree you with that wrong assessment? That's a little offensive. No, no, no. I just want to. I just want to see if Johnny has a future. Uh, uh, you know, to, as far as being a political strategy. <laughs> okay, I mean, you know, hey, homework, you know, so I'm trying to figure good. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? what do you think, Johnny? You, do you agree with that? Jay, I tell you, Jerome has all the expertise, and he, he's on point. So I don't, I don't refute that information. Yeah, he asked me for strategy, and then he asked if you if I agree with that. I was just saying that if I was talking to him, I would put them on a different path. It's not a homework to be checking. We really need to understand. No, no, I understand that. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, no, I understand it. No, no, it, right, no. I wasn't right. trying to check you. No, I'm just trying to. It, yeah. Basically, it was just a, another strategic way of just getting Johnny to make a comment on this on this, on this I know topic. You, I was I trying know to make it were. smooth, but I guess I just needed to just just ask him. Just ask him straight up. So, John, what do you what do you think here, buddy? What do you <laughs> yeah, think you here, could buddy, just yeah, about, uh, think not what you think about what Jerome yeah. said. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, yeah, maybe I should say it that way. Yeah, thank you. No yeah, problem. Yeah. You, tried so, John, me you, think? you think that uh, early? <laughs> no, no, I didn't do that. Vanessa did that. That was between you, you and Vanessa. Sorry, Vanessa brought up you and white people. I didn't have nothing to do with that. Thank you. All right, John, uh, let me swing around to you, sir. What, what do you think? Man, you, you think that Democrats going into the 2020 elections? Yeah, some Democrats. Once again, you have Kamala Harris. You know, she's straddling the fence. You know, what happened to Cory Booker? You know, people were talking about this guy in the very beginning. Man, he's not even registering at this point. I mean, wow. Let me flip this for a second, because by asking about Cory Booker, what do you think about some of these Democrats? I mean, I think the field, we have like, what, 16 that have announced or something along those lines? Yeah, it's, 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 it's in that range. So, so, you know, if you are a person that's, like, only getting 2% of the initial polls, should you consider getting out of this thing? I mean, Cory Booker is almost an afterthought. The only reason I thought of him because there's a commercial and they just showed him across the television. I'm like, oh, God, I forgot he's running. I mean, he's not, he's not registering with nobody. Kamala Harris, she's doing, uh, you know, she's right there. She's in the top top four. Uh, you know, even Beto's kind of f- falling off a little bit. Everybody's concentrating on this uh, 
this mayor from uh, South Bend, Indiana. Um, what do you think, man? What, what do you think about this whole thing? What, what do you think about uh, just uh, Democrats moving forward with a, a message for 2020? How did they get the White House? If you are in a situation where some voters of your own party saying we are tired of hearing about the Mueller report, do you focus on something else? Do you say, okay, let's just talk economy and jobs? But the economy is doing okay. Donald Trump has laid claim that he's doing a good job with the economy when we all know that you know this is still residual Obama policies that he's you know living with and dealing with. So you know how how does a Democrat come through? How does uh, how does a person that's on the Democratic Party come through and make uh, you know win this thing, man? Based on the current uh, conditions of what's going on out there, in your opinion. I think first, first they, they, they you have to have a message, uh, and I, I, you know, just to defeat uh, this guy that's in Washington now is, is not going to be enough substance. Get it done, huh? As, yeah, I mean, you know, I just don't think that it's going to be enough substance to, to just keep echoing the fact that you know um, anybody but Trump, you know, so or anyone who can beat Trump, you got to have a message because. When when you get in, in the heat of the debates and when you get uh, in, in you know in, in front of the American people in in these counties and these little city town hall meetings, you got to have a message that's resonating. You know, people want people want you to tell them you know how 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 their quality of life is going to improve. You know, Americans are getting much older, so you you got to think about health care. You got to think about uh, your retirement package, you got to think about how can you escape the, this, 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 this tax stranglehold that Donald Trump has applied on middle America. So the message is going to have to resonate to the broader base. You know, right now, this guy's message is, is feeding the, the, the top 5% or thereabout of the American people in regards to those who have those those high salaries. But, you know, you, you can sit there and you can talk about Donald Trump all you want, but somebody wants to know, okay, how am I going to eat tonight? What education uh, principles and, and agenda are you going to have for, for my child that's struggling? You know, what opportunities are you going to have for those who are dealing with ADA disabilities? That's what people really want to know. So you just can't sit back and just, you know, you know, echo on Donald Trump and hope that he implodes because that's not going to happen. Now we talk about how wide the field is. If you remember, and I know you do, Jay, because you keep in, in, impeccable stats. The Republican, uh, the Republican primaries, they started off with 18. You know, and the only they would only put the top 10 on the stage to have sure. the Republican debates. Now with Cory yeah. Booker. I think Cory Booker has has played his hand a long time ago. Uh, I, you know, maybe mm. what he's trying to do is, is resonate the look and the appeal and the appearance, and, and perhaps get a base that that President Obama had. But he's not that individual. When he first started off in, in the projects of New Jersey, you know, he had some momentum. But that's that's been more than a decade ago. And then, of course, you know, he got off the track, and I think he'll suffer on a national scale. The the two percent wouldn't alarm me at this point in time. You know, if if you go back to to that 2015 2016 time frame, Donald Trump was in what the four five percent range, 
and then gets the nomination. So I wouldn't be overly alarmed if I was one of those uh, Democrats. Now, if I didn't have a message, I would be alarmed. If all I was thinking about and all I was talking about was how do we get Donald Trump out of office and, and, and how do we impeach Donald Trump, I would I would very much be of concern. But the Democrats and independents and just you just got to have a message. You, you got to really educate people on what it is that you're going to, one, promise, and then what it is that how can you get it through? You know, the promises alone is not going to continuously appease this generation of voters. You know, like I say, this this, this millennial group, they, they will get out there and they will champion and they will get rid of you. They, they'll, you know, they, they will social media you down and, you know, heckle you at, at, at stages. I've been to a couple of political speeches and, and it's humorous because they are engaging and, and, and they, they will confront you on some issues. So you just can't resonate with that one message. But I, I do think that it's going to be an interesting time. Uh, the, the wide base of, of candidates that's running out of the Democratic Party, I'm not as surprised at this point in time. The, the Certainly the fundraising will eliminate some as we get closer and closer to September and you get in that range where you're basically talking about a year out. I think the true candidates will start to emerge. Uh, the, the, the monies behind the support and the message will certainly eliminate the, the vast majority of them by the time that December, January comes. But we are getting in the thick of it now, and you have got to have a message. And right now, I'm missing the message. Wow. Uh, Vanessa, let me ask you a question. Uh, do you think Democrats, because you know, a lot of times, one of you know, one of the the, the uh, uh, autopsies behind the 2016 election was ah uh, that you know we they really didn't go after the the, the middle America white voter, so they call them now Obama Democrats, you know, Obama Trump Democrats, you know, uh, Democrats that voted for Obama but then voted for Trump because they felt that the messaging, you know, that the, the candidates spent too much time looking at minority. Uh, uh, constituents. Do you think the Democratic Party takes the black vote or the African American community uh, for granted? Did Vanessa drop again, Mr. Elias? I think so. Okay, no, well, I'll give you the last word. What do you think? Okay, well, well I, you know, some say, I, I think that the messaging is, is, is very important. And um, I think that the Democrats need to run on the fact that health care is a big issue. It's a very big issue. And this clown is trying to, trying to gut Obamacare. People are really missing the message on that. I would run on that fact that, of, of what he said, that he was going to come up with health care, and he never came up with it. This was a campaign promise. And then I, I, I'd run the ad where he said, Ooh, who thought the hair care was this tough to, to, to tackle? Health care... In, in, in America shouldn't be to the fact that where we are, are struggling and fighting to get it. It should be the fact that we're, we're the United States. Why don't we have why don't we have universal health care? I don't I don't get that. I don't understand it. Third world countries got universal health care, but we can't have it. Why? Because these damn politicians in Washington would rather spend more money on tanks airplanes and every damn thing else than to help the American people and people are still yet to figure that out. That would be my message. All right, uh, Drew, I'll give you the last word in a second. 
know, I, I, well, I don't know. Um, I just kind of feel like, I mean, I agree, I agree with LES. You know, we just have to, you know, understand that it is not, you're not starting from scratch every time a political season starts. You can look at people's resume and look where they were going. Look what the Republican Party is doing. They're still trying to take away health care, well, for example. They've been gutted since the time since they got in office, what they've been doing in the consumer protection side, what they've been doing to your um, education system. All of this damage we are not going to see probably for a couple of decades. And for us to have a conversation on does Cory Booker has a me- have a message or Kamala, like that stuff is nonsense. There's somebody, somebody needs to go in there and reset the government to where it was when Obama left so that we can move forward. But they broke this thing beyond belief. You have nobody running um, Homeland Security. So if something happens, we're going to be going to Trump and he's going to be directing people. Nobody is in the Defense Department. You have all of these major departments that don't even have a head of their department anymore. There is a problem we can't see coming, and that problem is our chaos for the next person to get in there, and then we'll be blaming them, saying, did Trump do better? Those guys are breaking not just norms. They're breaking the structure that, that makes us secure in this country. We're going to be worried about something else a little bit later. So stop looking at these political races as nothing happened the year before. It's like when we were saying... The economy's great under Obama. It's been going here. Yeah, but people feel underemployed. Well, people feel underemployed now. While they added $1.2 trillion to your, to your debt by giving rich people tax breaks. Then, well, next first, next, during the campaign season, we're going to be like, should we cut Medicaid and Social Security? If you would have added that $1.1 trillion to something that mattered, then our education and our roads would be fixed. But did they do that? No. And they're laughing. And now we got to treat them like everything's even. We need to get smarter, and we need to stop talking about talking like those people are normal. You know, he's offering this, they're offering that. What's your plan? What's your action? My action is get them fools out of there and actually repeal every executive order that he did, and then we'll move forward. I'll vote for anybody who tells me that right up front. Anybody. So forget Buddha Judge because even him being young, they comparing him to Obama, which is nonsense. So what? He can he can speak in a cadence. He probably practiced. But we know what he did in Indiana. He got rid of his black police chief. He got that's yep. why there was no folks at his announcement. You know, yep. and they, so they, that they dude has no diversity, but we're talking about Joe Biden. Like, well, we, do we want to go old white man? It's like if you go with an old one or a young one, it, that same result can be there. You need to deal with that individual and help them put back at least some of the policies that gives us security. Yeah, we have some issues with Obama, but this dude that's in there now, that dude is trying to wreck the future of your, of your, um, student, your student debt, your student loan stuff. They're messing with your Social Security trying to get – the next thing that comes down the pike, I guarantee you, is them trying to take away what they call entitlement. Social Security is Social Security insurance. You pay into insurance. That has nothing. Mm-hmm. They want that money to move it someplace else. So we need to actually start talking about issues 
in a way that people can understand them really clearly so we don't go through false um, equivalents when it comes down to it. And I'm surprised that nobody is just outraged yelling about this stuff because they really need to be. I'm not well, talking to anybody who's calm word. about that. With that, what you say? No, I'm saying that's a, I was going to say that's a, that's a great way to end the segment. Uh, just bring it on home. Now, listen, before we get out of here, before we get NPR News Update is coming up next and Chatterbox. Uh, matter of fact, I'll just say that. NPR News Update coming up next, Chatterbox on a need-to-know basis. Uh, we're almost done, but we're not quite just there yet. You listen to the serious side. Ukrainians are voting in a presidential election today following an unpredictable campaign that has seen a popular comedian become the favorite to win. And here's who CN Kim reports from Moscow that today's vote is a runoff between the top two candidates who emerged from a field of 39 presidential hopefuls. The culmination of Ukraine's fiercely contested election campaign was a debate in Kiev's main stadium Friday evening. The incumbent, President Petro Poroshenko, presents himself as the status quo candidate knows how to stand up to the Kremlin in a low-level war against Russian-backed fighters. His challenger, comedian Volodymyr Zelensky, has fed on widespread disappointment with Poroshenko, who in his first term has failed to end the conflict and uproot corruption. Paul shows Zelensky with a wide lead ahead of Poroshenko. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo has called both candidates and said the U.S. will work with whoever wins the election. NPR News, Moscow. Voters in North Macedonia also going to the polls in a presidential election that post largely ceremonial, but divisions of the country's name change under a deal with Greece is a prominent issue. The deal resolved a decades-old dispute and opens the door to North Macedonian membership in NATO and the European Union. About 1.8 million voters are choosing between three candidates. In Egypt, today marks the second day of voting in a referendum that could allow President Abdel Fattah al-Sisi to remain in power until 2030 and boost the role of military voters deciding on constitutional changes that critics see as another step toward authoritarianism. This is NPR. It is time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from uh, our brand new <laughs> uh, ch- chat room and from social media. Mr. LES, man, do you have anything you want to add to the Chatterbox segment, sir? Yes, man. Provena Man said, just like blood is sticking in water, white supremacy is greater than facts into the red states. And he said, look how, he said, look how Sarah Huckabee was found lying, but now... But uh, but now come on TV and lies about lying, wow. And then uh, uh the Volvo Bright said Halliburton had no bid in a bid war contract. That sounds like legal stealing to me. Yeah, they had no bid war because they wouldn't let nobody bid in the war. Stop it, man. That's that's just guy really. All right, man. That's it. <laughs> They and the battle continues between. They're giving away money on what now? You said they're not letting anybody bid on the fence stuff too. So as they move exactly. money, they've taken the contract. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Uh, all right. So uh, the pastor uh, has jumped in. Pastor Stephen F. Jones says, uh, "Happy Easter to one and all." 
great show as usual. Blessings to all. Thank you, Pastor. Marietta Music, policy, policy, policy should be the messaging for the Democrats. Happy Easter to everyone and to you, Mr. Spring. Stop. Walberg from Jay, uh, Walberg Jay uh, from Colorado Springs says, so whatever. Let's, it was obvious that time, wasn't it? It was pretty obvious that time. I'm sorry. All right, Colorado Springs. Uh, let's let us break bread together on our knees. Shows like this lends itself to the civil discourse of this country. What? We all have to stay positive in order to have a perfect union. Uh, Wahlberg Jail. Agree with that. I wish I'd have read that before I read it out loud. Good God. All right. On that note, you know what time it is. Jeez. Five, four, three. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. To the civil discourse of this nation. All right, listen, before I bring the man in, listen, it is Easter. My daughter has Easter palms to read. So guess what? I am checking out now. You guys have a wonderful Easter. You're going to be in the great capable hands of Mr. Elias, Mr. Jerome Street, Vanessa Mays, Elias. Have a good Easter I'll be listening as on my way to church. God bless you all. Now it is time for my favorite part of the show. On a need-to-know basis, Mr. Spree, what do you have for us this morning? All right, now, you know what happens, Elias, when the teacher leaves the room? It's yeah, let's, get, let's get it in. Let's get it in. Crazy. Y'all crazy. <laughs> I'm listening. I'll talk to you. <laughs> hey, all right. All right. All right. So, Tiger Tiger Woods um, won in Augusta last week. I know I don't think we actually talked about the fact that he won his fifth Masters. But, you know, Nike mm-hmm. earned an estimated $22.5 million because of his, uh, you know, his his putt at the end because he's wearing all his Nike gear, and so he goes right. and hugs it, and they have Nike. So they were saying it's equivalent to running like a sixty um, second or ninety second commercial because it was showing nothing but Nike for the whole time. So they said, "Wow, <laughs> yeah." An advertising firm came up with a with a um, with an estimate that they had an estimated advertising revenue. Um, of $22.5 million mm. just from him doing that. Wow. But, you know, if you don't know, Tiger Woods signed a reported $200 million contract with Nike in 2013. So hopefully he got mm. his contract. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. 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 So um, now immigration or immigrants were responsible for 48% of the population growth in America during the fiscal year ending June 30th, 2018. That's up 13 points compared to the 35 um, in fiscal year 2011. So this is according to the U.S. Census data. They said overall immigrants from Asia accounted for 41% of the U.S. migration since 2010. Um, The the largest share from any region, um, that's they were the largest share. It was Asia. And, you know, 21% came from the Mexico-Central America area. Now, in 2017, um, the fertility rate for women from 15 to 44 was 60.2 births per thousand. It is the lowest oh. rate ever recorded, according to Ooh. the National Center for Health Science. So the only reason our population is staying steady is because of immigration. 
Wow. So as they talk about immigration fights, you want to see the positive in immigration. If people are not adding to the tax base and working, as people get older, we're not going to have enough working people eligible to work, working age um, out there to bring in enough revenue. So you need some young hmm. people. Really? Yeah. So they said the number of women over 40 having children have increased again as official records show the amount of older mothers doubled since 1997. So they said almost 29,000 women over the age of 40 had women in 2017. That's up from only 14,000 20 years ago. So mm. they said the number of women have risen sharply um, than the rate per population. So this is adding to our population decline because people, when we went through the um, financial crisis, people are holding off having kids. People are going to grad school. There are more women in college. So they're not starting families early enough. Oh, I shouldn't say early enough. As early as they have. So our population is wobbling because people are waiting later to have children. Because they're broke. Hmm. Uh, because they're broke. They can't afford them. Well, so, you know, you have a bunch of student loans. You get married. You're like, I can't afford to have kids right now. So then they put it off again. Hmm. That is understandable. Yep, it, very, it really is. Now, Microsoft... I wish my daughter could hear you say that. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get a grandbaby, you know? Oh, right. <laughs> don't, don't get me cussed out, Vanessa. You're like, you're like I, don't, I won't hear it. I heard my mother say that. I'm trying to hear you. All right, Microsoft um, built two data centers to store secret U.S. military data as it battles Amazon for a $10 billion Pentagon contract. So the tech giant announced that it was working on um, a highly secure data center 500 miles apart in the U.S. to compete with Amazon for the Pentagon contract known as Jedi. Now, I say this hmm. as we give all, our, all of our um, information to Microsoft and Amazon and Ancestry.com, that that is all going to probably go to the military at some point, so... Good luck at volunteering your information to tech companies. But they're building a whole new well, I'm going to cancel my Amazon account, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have Amazon, and, uh, you know, there's some good deals on there. I just fixed the dryer the other day. So, yeah. anywho, <laughs> Amazon is almost just, – just don't give them any access information. They, yeah, they really. know that I did some work. They don't know if it was mine or somebody else's, but Amazon know I ordered parts, apparently. Yeah. Now, um, Beyonce, you know, saying uh, for former, I, I call her first lady, so for the first lady, Michelle Obama, um, she sang her praises in a, in a short but um, effective tribute in this week's issue of Time magazine because she was named one of the most influential pe people. So Beyonce wrote this letter to her, and she said, um, you know, that um, – Loving Michelle Obama wasn't much of a choice. She said it was something that came naturally because of how she carried herself, because she resembled us and was moving in spaces uh, where, as black Americans, we weren't exactly meant to be. She seemed so powerful. So when I yeah. first met her, I was embraced by a warm, regal, confident woman who possessed a reassuring, reassuring calm. On the, and she met him on the eve of their inauguration, by the way. 
So I wanted to say that Beyonce just kind of said that she was strong, ambitious, and spoke her mind without sacrificing her honesty or empathy. Uh, and it takes a lot of courage and discipline. So in return, the First Lady put a really nice tribute to Beyonce because Beyonce this week released her, um, I guess it's a film of her recording of her Coachella performance. If you have not seen that, mm. it is great. If you haven't seen her Coachella really? performance, go look it up on YouTube. I'm but, you check know, that out. Her, I, I was looking at the other night. I didn't I didn't know if I was gonna look at it or not. But I'm a, I had to check that out, man. Oh, you you have to see that because anybody who go who either went to an HBCU or desired to be at one, you have to yeah. understand the pride in that because when we looked at look at images of black people generally, and I understand why some white folks have issues with black folks when they don't have black people around, because the images of us are always negative, and it comes from one. Even black people don't like black folks. It's the images that you see on TV. But when you look at uh, Beyonce's Coachella um, recordings, and it's a Netflix documentary being streamed right now. It's called Homecoming, the live album. Mm-hmm. Um She's doing behind-the-scenes stuff with her daughter. They, she's, she performed. She has two new songs that's on the recording that she released. Um, you know, Before I Let Go, Frankie Beverly and Mage. I can't believe she touched that song. And <laughs> I like I like uh, <laughs> uh, As well as I've Been On is another one. But that Coachella performance gives you a lot of insight to um, black people when they're left at their own devices, if I can put it that way. The pride of HBCUs, people stepping, showing the the, um, the fellowshipping of how we are as a community. We very rarely see that because people like us to, um, you know, appear to be bilingual. Black people are bilingual, by the way. So mm. there you have it. Now I wanted to, yeah. yeah. Now um, I don't know if you saw this, but CBS Sports and CBS Sports Network agreed to Ice Cube's Big Three um, basketball tournament. They agreed to an exclusive deal with them for from July 22nd all the way through the summer until September. So they have a mm. home on CBS Ice Cube um, basketball, pro basketball, um, three-on-three. Um, I guess it's, I want to say it's their league. Three-on-three league has a new home. It's on CBS. And if you didn't wow. know, okay. yeah, if you didn't know, on Wednesday, Ice Cube submitted a deal. I mean, submitted his bid. He put together a group of investors to buy um, Fox Sports, 21 chan- cable stations, um, that, really? which is being sold by Disney for $2 billion. Ice Cube just submitted it. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Now, he says that there are two companies that's playing dirty. One is Charter Communications. He said them with the Atlanta Braves owner, John Maloney, um, and his company, Liberty Media, is trying to block them from putting in a bid for Fox Sports. He said them and Spectrum, which was formerly Time Warner, are trying to block him. Mm. So Ice Cube, wow. you know, again, I know I saw a lot of the Internet comments. Um, we need to know as a community, like Ice Cube, I know he was in NWA. He owns a film company. He's doing the hip hop square stuff. Ice Cube has under underground made his money that he and Magic Johnson just came on this week too is bidding 
for Fox Sports. And remember what happened with Bill Cosby when he tried to buy NBC? NBC, Three times. yes. So yep. everybody, you know, he has my support. But Ice Cube is out there trying to do something that um, apparently is very difficult for people of color to do, and that's buy a network. But he's yeah. in there. Okay, so we got time for two more, brother. Two more. Okay. You know, um, Nas and Mary J. Blige has, has announced that they're going to head in head on the road and have a um, – they're kicking off um, a tour together. So look out for that. It starts on April uh, 19th. I want to say this. I know we talked about the Mueller report. It was um, um, 448 pages, 140 contacts between Trump and Russia slash WikiLeaks. There was 30 contacts previously unreported, um, 12 instances of possible obstruction, 14 open cases. The redactions are 426 that could compromise the investigation. That's, that's where the compromise. Here, here's where the constru- this goes. There are 358 prohibited grand jury materials that are redacted. There are 93 would reveal some sources and methods. 74 infringe on personal privacy and damage to personal reputations. And that's where the cover-up is. So once they get the redactions out of there, we'll have a different look at um, the Mueller report. So I don't know wow. if you want to end with that, but I know since we were doing that, yeah. um, this today, we need to talk wow. about um, the facts. Yeah, really. Good God. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, right? I haven't had a chance to look at it, but I do want to read that Mueller report, man. I do. Well, you know, folks, that's the end of the show, so we're coming up on the end, and, you know, on the end, we have final thoughts, and ladies are first here out here. Nessa, your final thoughts, please. Uh, today is a beautiful day. I am so glad to be alive to see this day, and thank you for rising for us, Lord, and you know what, Jay, I'm so glad to hear that you're going to church since you don't want your friends to be <laughs> Republican. I'm teasing, Jay. <laughs> But you know what? It doesn't matter what happens because it's what me and Les always say. You have to vote. It doesn't matter what we complain about, what we say, what we do. If the, Trump is going to get away with every single thing if people don't get out and vote and just sit back and say, well, Trump did this and Trump did that and the Republicans did this and did that. But you know what? Go vote. If you don't like it, go vote. Change the people that's over your district. Change the senators, change the Congress people to be Democrats, and then you won't have this. He can't control everything. That's how he got away with so much, everybody. The first year or two out, he managed to control House, Congress, party, everything. He had complete control. And you know why he had complete control? Because people don't vote. They just sit back yeah. and say, it ain't going to do any good. So me and Les always say this on our Facebook page. Go vote. If you don't like it, go vote. Happy Easter, everybody. Love you guys. Love you too, Vanessa. All right, John, it's up to you. Go ahead, my brother. Right, Miss Vanessa, do take care. Those were some wonderful and inspiring words. Uh, I just want to, again, uh, give acknowledgement to this Resurrection Day and also thank you all for giving me an opportunity to have a voice and thank those individuals who are listening who allow us to come into their homes and on a podcast and earphones or whatever Amen. they may have listening devices, 
uh, each week. Uh, it, it's okay to, to disagree. Uh, it's a respectful way that, that we, we articulate uh, our conversations and really just, again, it, it, that, that's what the American Liberties really is about. You know, not again, not asking anybody to agree or disagree, but the fact of having the right to say it in a dignified manner. But the reality of it is, is that the truth is the truth. So the young person who said that, you know, we promote discord uh, in America, I disagree with that. I refute that right there, uh, which is typically something I don't do is defend comments that, that, that are made. But the reality of it is, is that you have an immoral, unethical criminal that is leading this country, and that right there is the fact, and that cannot be denied nor challenged. Thank you all yep. for this day. Thank you for an opportunity to serve, and I appreciate you. All right, Jerome, your your thoughts, my brother. Right away, yes, we got 15 seconds, so have that, my brother. We can go in overtime. All right, in, in the spirit of what Johnny D said, I just want to throw out a couple more facts out there. Mueller did say 11 times you know, special counsel said that Trump's actions could have been obstruction of justice and how they were a part of a pattern of conduct by the president. So the misconduct oh. is already there. And um, the Mueller report also revealed how a boost from the Trump staffer sparked and led the investigation. The investigation started. You don't need a new investigation because George Papadopoulos told a diplomat, Alex Downer, that Russia had dirt on Hillary Clinton. That's how it started, and it's in the report. So Mueller report also said that Congress has the authority to stop the corrupt use of presidential power. Mueller said that mm. he didn't want to. Mm. He didn't want to do it because he, he laid the breadcrumbs out. Which mm-hmm. that? He laid the breadcrumbs out for them to follow. Yeah. But it says this in the report. Congress has the authority to stop corrupt use of presidential power, which meant that he was deferring to Congress to stop this. So it's not over because of the report. The report leaves you the facts so that they can make the correction. It was not for the attorney general. He probably should go to jail or be, um, um, what do you call it, um, when they get censured or, or, or be impeached. But yeah. they... They framed it in a way. How about that? <laughs> yeah, they framed it in a way so that we would talk about them and talk about how his misconduct was, opposed to talking about this report. So everybody have a good, good week. I wanted to throw out some some facts. I know we're overtime, so it, I yeah. could go on with you know Paul Manafort. <laughs> Paul Manafort. By the way, one more thing. Paul Manafort is in prison for fraud, witness tampering, and charged with. Um, charges was bought by Mueller team and it says that he took the job as campaign manager to line his own pockets so the collusion was already and the misconduct was that there were staffers who met with Russians to for an outcome so when they say that his campaign team didn't collude with Russia his campaign chairman is in jail a couple of campaign aides were arrested and indicted because they were actually working with Russians. So everybody have a good week on that. <laughs> really? Well, folks, I'm going to echo the sentiments of Vanessa saying get out and vote. And that, that's just it. Get out and vote. If you don't vote, you don't have a voice. So with that being said. Whoa. Whoa. What the hell happened there? That's the wrong ending. Uh-huh. There you go. Wrong ending. Where's the ending? There it is.
With that being said, Jerome, mm-hmm. it's this Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff. What time is it for, my friend? It's time for Serious Eyes of the J. Ryle Show. Well, thank you folks for coming out. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Happy Easter. Thank you, Jay Rock. Thank you, God. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you for the presentation. And like I always say, we're talking to you. It's time for the serious time of the day. Wow. No.